Hi, my name is Tommaso, your first year student host for the My First Year Story podcast. Here, I'll be sitting down with people who have the answers to your college questions and who can help me survive my first year as a University of Connecticut student by telling their own first year stories during our conversations. Today, we have a mother-son duo who both graduated from UConn who have the answers to your questions. We are excited to welcome Justice Lopez, a two-time graduate of the NEAG School of Education, CEO of his educational entertainment company, Just Experience, and consultant for the Council for Opportunity in Education. During his time at U as a UConn student, Justice was heavily involved in learning communities, student support services programs, and many student organizations. It is a pleasure to also host Justice's mother, Judy Lopez, for this special two-guest episode. Judy is a graduate of UConn's General Studies program, who now works at UConn in the Women's Center. Thank you so much for joining us today, Judy and Justice. Would you please introduce yourselves to our listeners, your name, pronouns, hometown, and if you could take any celebrity or famous person out to eat at most, who would it be and why? Hey, thank you so much for the grand introduction, Tommaso. I love, I love the uh, radio DJ voice you got going on. It's been, it's been, it's been <laughs> well, NPR voice. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But my name is uh, Justice Lopez, uh, pronouns he, him, his, uh, hailing from Manchester, Connecticut. And if I were to take out any person uh, out to Moe's, that's a great question. Truly, honestly, that's a hard one. But I love music and I love hip hop. So it'd have to be J. Cole. I would love to sit down yeah. and have some lunch with him and say, hey, like, what's your creative process? How do you write? How did you get into the zone and the flow? And I think it'd be a really, really cool conversation. And a great lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I'll kick it over to my mom, Judy. Hi, my name is Judy Lopez. I use she, her, hers, ella. Um, I am in Manchester, but I'm originally from Hartford, Connecticut. And if I had to take someone out to Moe's, I would probably take out J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez, you know, yes. someone in the same age group. I would love to talk to her to see how she keeps it going. <laughs> she, she keeps it going for sure. All right, let's dive into our conversation. So I'm going to first, let's start talking about educational journey. So Judy, tell us more about your educational journey and what ultimately led you to earning your bachelor's degree. Who, what inspired you to earn your degree and how do they do that? Um, so I will start a little backwards. I'll start with the inspiration. The inspiration came from my son, Justice Lopez. Um, when he started going to college, that was um, the inspiration. It came from there. Um, the growth he had at school and the growth I seen him, seen within him at school was what, gen, um, you know, popped that energy to go back to school. Um, it was not easy. I was already a much older adult to start going back to school. So, um, that's where the journey started. It was back in 2015, you know, wanting to uh, be inspired by my children. Yeah, that's great. And Justice, what was your first year at college like? Oh, it was uh, transformational, truly. You know, growing up, I um, would hear the narratives and stories of my mom, you know, go to school to make the best of your experience. Um, and I started off at SSS, Student Support Services, which is a first generation uh, college program that assists individuals throughout the trajectory of their college experience. And that's where I met my you know, first, first community at UConn and then just got super involved because I wanted to make the best of it. And I love the community with first year programs and learning communities or leadership learning community or SSS or PERLAC and orientation and residential life. Um, it was truly transformational. Truly. Yeah, definitely. Um, being a first year myself, I'm living in the learning community, involved in FYP and stuff. And you're right, that is kind of the foundation I think every first year student should have is that community. And even if they're not like looking for it, it just it seems to just happen. 
So Judy, how would you describe Justice as a young person and what growth did you observe from him at his time as a UConn student? I don't know how this is awkward to ask in front of Justice. <laughs> well, it's a hard question, I guess, to kind of narrow it down. But Justice as a child, he was very inquisitive. He was always um, wanting to know things. He used to love to read books and um, also had a very hyperness to him. But that hyperness, he always put it into good energy. And that's exactly what he, um, you know, that's what led him at UConn to be the person he was um, when he became a student there. He just became that inquisitive that he like did a lot of research, looked for all the communities that he could belong to, um, was not afraid to ask questions, was involved in a lot of things. And I seen a tremendous growth from him when he entered UConn. And so there was a time where, Judy, you started your studying at UConn in 2015, the year Justice graduated with his master's degree. Justice, what did it feel like to kind of like pass the baton to your mom? And how did it feel when you first started as a UConn student, Judy? Yeah, I always say, look, if I could be one-tenth of the person my mom is, I've succeeded in life. And I I truly mean that. Um, Growing up, I always saw how much sacrifices my mom made. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Um, you know, she had mentioned the the energy as a as a young one and trying to have that. And they used to call my mom used to tell me they used to call me electrical, like when she would go <laughs> with, with electricity in Spanish. And I just commend my mom to to providing opportunities for me to be able to channel that energy, whether that was in sports or whether that was in activities, et cetera. And that's what kind of navigated going through uh, through UConn. So when when it was it wasn't even like a, I didn't even think of it as like a passing the baton. It was almost like a just a continued trajectory yeah. because. Um, it was mutually shared. Like my success is her success. Her success is our success. Uh, my brother and sister went to UConn as well. So they're success- like, it's a collective community. So it's just a, a continuation. Like there's not even like a hand and off. It's just been a flow. Yeah. And, um, you know, since as a young one, you know, sitting down and have her help me out with homework or like getting resources from other people or trying to figure out how to apply to colleges and reaching out to like counselors, like that particular like space has always been one where it's just been her always assistant. So it was just a flow, like, all right, cool, coming up there. I, re- I remember one time my mom was like writing a paper and I took a picture of it. Uh, Cause you know, whenever she has to like write papers, we work on it together. She's like, Justice, I got this idea. Like, what's up, let's work through this. So we were working on a paper one day and I remember taking a picture of us working on this paper because uh, it reminded me of how many times, you know, she would sit down and work on papers with me and when I say like the flowing of the continuation, like that's just what it was like younger times of helping out with papers. Now it's just this time helping out with papers. just in a different time frame. Um, yeah, now it's, it's a, now it's your turn to help. Yeah, of course. And I do got to give a big shout out to her, like uh, to be able to do that with three kids. Like that's something that's pretty transformational, inspirational. So to see her go back um, definitely was inspiration to my brother, my sister and myself, uh, the whole family, really uh, her, her having to do that. Amazing. And um how did it feel to start your degree, Judy, um, on your son? Like he said, it it wasn't really a continuation, but it was just everyone is working on themselves. Is that how you felt as well? I can tell you it was pretty hard going back to school as an older adult. You just, your extension, you just don't learn as fast anymore. It's pretty hard sitting in, but it was definitely challenging and well worth it because um, it definitely, um, you know, continue the growth within the family. You know, I truly appreciate that. And the support that my kids give me, it's amazing. Yeah. And uh, just as you mentioned, it was like um, starting like the college process and all of that. Judy, what what was that like uh, with a first generation student going through all of that, picking schools? Was it challenging having a kid like Justice? Was it easy? (laughs) 
Um, I would say it was a, a, a definitely challenges because you don't know what you don't know, right? So I wish I would have known a lot more things and he probably would have had a lot more resources. Um, but if you don't know it, you just don't know it. So I wish I had the experience of going through college myself that I could, I would have been able to pass that on to him. But we did, um, you know, we, we managed through it. We navigated through it. We were able to get um, the resources. If I didn't know, we'd be like, we'll talk to a counselor. We'll do what we, whatever we have to do to get things done. But obviously, if I was better prepared by having my, my own college experience, I would have been able to provide more. But nevertheless, we definitely got through this. Yeah, and succeeded. Justice, when you got to UConn, you were heavily involved in a variety of clubs and groups like UConn Hip Hop Collection, Leadership and Diversity, NEAG School of Education, and held lots of leadership positions. How did you find time to enjoy and participate in all of these activities on top of schoolwork? Oh, much love, much love. I think um, it goes back to what I said before when I was talking about uh, my mom telling me the story of like, make the best of an experience that she never had. And that's what I, like, that's what I would hear. Like my mom and pops would say that like, Make, make the best of an experience you never had. And that's the energy that kind of fueled me. Um, I went to the Academic Achievement Center my first semester and I got a lot of help with like time management, taking notes. I mean, Bio 1107 kicked my butt. Like I was taking that <laughs> class and I was like, what it's am still I kicking right butts. taking this class? It was just so, it was a transition for me, right? As it is for everybody. So yeah. I was coupling like making the best of an experience with also utilizing the resources that were there, but also responding to a need. Like if I saw a need at UConn and there was a club or organization that was there, like I joined it. If there right. wasn't a club or organization, like we made it. Um, if there was something that I was interested in and that sparked my interest, I kind of like checked it out and went to go and see it. It was brand new to me. And that's the beauty that I've appreciated about going to UConn, right? Like there's so much there's so much to take advantage of truly like not only just on the extracurricular level but also with just like support like yeah. the way in which i did it i went to the writing center all the time like i would go there and try to get tutoring for like my writing like i would go to the sss office and try to get support from like an sss student who was navigating that experience and who talked about what it was just really kind of zoning in on that on that community aspect and feel um and kind of utilizing those resources that were there so I give a big shout out to everything that has been there, um, you know, from the academic support, from the Academic Achievement Center. They do some really phenomenal work there. I still utilize my Cornell note-taking system to this day. Yes. I still utilize my mind maps. Like when I'm organizing like talks in my head and when I'm giving things like that, like I, I still utilize that stuff on my first year. Um, and then just a great support that's been there. Like a uh, big shout out to Fani from the Puerto Rican Latin American Cultural Center. I mean, she's like, uh, she's like a second mom to so many people, you know, she's just played such an influential role in not only my experience um, at UConn, but so many others. Yeah, and that's an important thing to hear for first years because getting involved is only one part of it. A lot of times college is the first time where students really start to feel this struggle and pressure like, oh, I'm kind of getting behind. I might not be understanding this when you're sitting in a 300 person lecture. And those resources, even though they're so easily accessible, are still so far away for so many students. So those of you listening, don't be afraid to reach out. Um, so now sort of moving on to professional paths and stuff, Justice and Judy, both of you growing up, what impact did you want to have on the world and what motivated you to achieve those goals, which I think they are achieved. <laughs> uh, Justice, we can start with you. Okay, I didn't know if you wanted me to go first. So I'm like, no, no, it's okay. Um, look, I, I tell this story because it's super funny, right? Like, so growing up, I wanted to be an accountant. I had no idea what an accountant did. I just knew 
I wanted to make money. And then literally one day when I looked online, it said, what makes money? An accountant popped up. There's no shade, <laughs> no shade to accountants out there. Like, you know, that's very important work. <laughs> but that changed um, my junior year when I had some really remarkable people who poured into my life. And I saw the importance of education um, in the formal role of being an educator. Growing up, I always valued education, both formally and informally. I learned a tremendous amount of wisdom from both my mother and father in so many different ways, right? We always valued education in a multitude of ways. It wasn't just formally of like, you know, going to school and learning in that way. We learned in so many other capacities. Um, but in, in my junior year in high school was when I, the, the, the kind of the switch turned over when I was like, you know what? I see myself in education um, just because of the impact that education has, but but to become something uh, that I never that I never had, like to become um, a Latin male teacher, a teacher of color, to, to give back to young people, to help out people who are the first in their family to go to school and navigate that experience. Like that's really what drove me to become an educator and ultimately go to school and, and, and graduate from it and, and continue on. Yeah. Judy? Um, so I guess what impacted me or what motivated me, I always had this sense of family. Family's huge for me and um, mm -hmm. uh, just humanity <laughs> being a kind human is always something that um was just normal it's, it's something that comes natural to to me and to a lot in my family so just being a, a great human being basically so motivating me to um be a, a good example for my children since i had kids when i was pretty young right i was in my 20s so um i my example in life was to impact their life right now i have a family now i need to let them grow and you know be a good example for them so definitely family Amazing. Um, Justice, uh, after graduating from UConn, you had a few experiences working at, as a teacher. What was it like returning to your old high school in Manchester, but this time as a teacher? And what are some of the challenges you faced? How have your teachers inspired you to kind of be a better teacher now? Yeah, I, I want to give a shout out to my mom. I think about the important lessons that she taught me and my brother and sister about always giving back to those who give to you. And that's like an embodiment that my mom really lives by. Um, you know, she talked about family being a core attribute to what motivates and fuels her. And uh, that's what it was like going back to my old community, my, my hometown. Um, I believe it's super important to give back to communities that, that give to you, right. whether that's your high school, hometown, college, university, whatever that looks and feels like, um, stay connected in some capacity or way. So this message is to the students, but also to the alumni of any university of any high school, whatever it is, it's super, super important to like stay connected and give back because your story, what we're doing right now, this narrative, this journey is going to speak to somebody in some type of way. And you giving back and you staying connected could be the very narrative experience or story that a person may need to kind of have that extra push to get yeah. them through a day, to get them through an experience. Um, so going back to MHS was a blessing. I mean, it was truly transformational to go back and kick poems with my my teachers in the hallways and do open mics and DJ for the events in the in the classrooms in the hallways and and be able to organize community events and be in that space was truly it was truly a blessing. Um, so I'm very, very appreciative of it. Um, and and, and I'm, I'm just thankful to be able to give back in that capacity. And I think only now when I got to college, realizing how how much your life impacts other people's stories. Um, like you mentioned, your mom heavily impacted your story. My mom has heavily impacted mine. Um, and 
I think that is a good point to hit home that giving back to those communities that help raise you and help shape who you are is the best way of using those gifts because ultimately that's where they have come from. Um, Judy, the Women's Center was founded um, by activists in 1970. I'm actually taking a WGSS class right now and I've learned a little bit about the history. Um, and it was used to empower students and give them resources to achieve women's equity at the university as well as their communities. Um, what about the Women's Center attracted you to work there? Well, um being able to empower students, right? And especially um, those who identify as women and just anyone in general who needs the resources that the Women's Center is able to offer. So I, um, I, I love the opportunity that I'm able to work with students and help them in any way, shape or form that they need, you know, whatever I can provide for them and resources. And especially if it's, um, you know, young women like me, you know, uh, you know, a lot, women of color, I, I would love to be able to provide any resources to them. And um, what do you love about working there now? I love the interaction with the students. I think they keep me young at heart. So keeping that relationship with the students is just awesome. And just being in a space where you're able to um, build more relationships and, and create those narratives for those students, you know, for any of the students. So um, just being able to empower anyone, it's what I yeah. love. <laughs> And you must be such a great um, part of the Women's Center, too, because you seem to have such amazing wisdom and just a real firm grasp on humanity and what it is to be a kind human. Um, speaking about kindness, um, let's kind of talk about happivism. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the car ride justice that inspired you and your friend to record that song? Yeah, so growing up, I've always appreciated, as I said before, um, music, music. Uh, art, writing, poetry. It's just always something that I've really like gravitated towards. Even even like, uh, even my pops used to be like a break dancer. So I feel like it's in the blood. Like I'm always like, yes. <laughs> but one day um, I was in a car with one of my, um, one of my really good friends, my brother, Ryan Parker. And we were coming back from a conference. And uh, typically when we come back from conferences, like we just kind of like uh, put instrumentals on and freestyle. My, something my, my brother does something that Parker and I do, we just, we sit down and we freestyle. We'll freestyle for anything about everything. And we were freestyling about uh, what we were taking away from the conference. And when we put an instrumental on, we were talking about how happy this instrument instrumental made us feel essentially. And uh, at the time it was towards the end of the school year. So things were kind of feeling heavy. You know, at the end of the school year, you got a grade. Everything just feels kind of heavy at the end of the year. So we were kind of losing, like we, we wanted to refocus and recalibrate what was bringing us happiness and joy. So we were like, yo fam, let's come back and uh, let's write down, you know, let's recenter ourselves. Let's write down what's, make, what's making us happy, what's bringing us joy, what's bringing us a sense of fulfillment, right? And we came back right. and then we wrote it on that instrumental that brought us that joy. And it just started off as like a song. It was a song to really tap into sustaining joy as a form of activism. So it's not about saying that there isn't going to be negativity or sadness or to be quite honest, real lived trauma in this world, right? Like people right. are navigating that right now. People are navigating trauma. They're navigating multiple pandemics and they're navigating very real systemic injustices. Um, and while it's important to hold that weight because that's very important, because if not, then it'll resurface in really problematic ways. We also wanted to center this notion and idea of joy that when you tap into your aspect of joy, that's never fleeting, despite the external circumstances of what's around you, despite what may be happening um, on a national, statewide, local level, that like if you can tap into that aspect of joy in your innermost being, that that's nothing that nobody can rob of you. And that's really what that song was really like rooted in and what that yeah. kind of like instrumental was kind of all about. 
it's really about like having that as a, a core essence of who you are. And um, we've transformed it into a children's book and we're giving away children's books to like our communities around and uh, creating kind of like curriculum for that. And that's really what it's about. It's really about tapping into that inner joy. And a lot of that, honestly, like I learned, I learned from my family, like I learned from my mom, right? She leads by example in that. Like she's the full embodiment of happy vision, right? Like being able to navigate going back to school and having three kids and she, she didn't mention all the other all stuff that, that she helps out with, like taking care of her mother and like my father, who sometimes health kind of goes in and out and ebbs and flows. Uh, she's the embodiment of that, right? Like she's the embodiment of tapping into and sustaining joy um, despite whatever external circumstances that may be occurring in life. Yeah, and joy and happiness is the energy and the fuel that you need to fight that good fight. And so I think that's a, a excellent point that it's not kind of taking away from all of the problems and the injustices that people are facing, but it's the energy and the power behind to go fight that. Judy, do you remember the first time Justice told you about Project Happyvism? And like, what did you think? I thought it was great. I'm like, I cannot be any more proud or happier, right? I thought it was a great project. And obviously coming, you know, see it to come to fruition like that. It's awesome. Cannot be happier for him. And then Justice, you mentioned um, your book about happyvism and in your Kickstarter, your friend Ryan says that joy is a kind of rebellion. How do you think that applies to today's world? Yeah, most certainly to build upon when I think about, so shout out to everybody who uh, has donated to the campaign. We raised several thousand dollars, as I said before, it's gonna be given all back Amazing. to the community. Uh, none of the profits that are gained are going back to our, our pockets. It's all given back to the community and just reinvesting. And a big shout out to Ryan Parker as well. Um, my brother in positivity, who's just been really kind of uh, kind of guiding this project. And um, when I think about joy as a form of, of activism and sustainability, as I mentioned before, that's that's really what at its essence, I think about this quote, nothing great was ever achieved without enthusiasm, right? And right. I think about like, whether you're a student, whether you're a professional, whether you're whatever, whatever degree, whatever background, whatever type of um, experience you're navigating in this world, um, it's it's critical and essential to tap into that enthusiasm, right? So like when things are getting hard as a student, right? And like that, and, and I don't want to throw no shade to like bio majors. I keep bringing up bio because that that kind of really gets my butt. <laughs> but like you know, it could be any other, it could be math, whatever it is. But I, I was pr primarily more in um you know on the art side. But you know whatever if you're navigating a difficult situation, right? In, in a class, right? Like really honing into like what is bringing you joy throughout your classes, right? Like what are if that's not one class, what's another class that's bringing you joy, right? What are some friends that are bringing you joy? What are some colleagues that are kind of bringing you joy and sustaining you, that are feeding you, that are really nourishing you, right? And that's what Parker's talking about with like that joy being a sustained act of rebellion because that's what that speaks to. Yeah. Um, moving on to some more um, kind of personal questions. One thing that's always on my mind is legacy, and that's kind of really how you cement your memory everywhere in people's lives, at institutions. Uh, it's a question for both of you, but uh, what impact were you both having to have and are having at UConn? And do you think those legacies that you kind of laid down were fulfilled? We'll start with you, Judy. Well, I hope I leave an impact. You know, <laughs> I've been at the university for like five years now. And now that I, in the last year, I've been working with students, I hope to, um, you know, be able to make a change on anyone, whether it's by a yeah. conversation that we had or any kind of projects we worked on, especially um, uh, with women, young women of color, you know, like if any impact I can make on any one, it'll be awesome. Just uh, some legendary something god knows what it is but we'll see what it ends up being <laughs> mm, injustice 
Yeah, when I think about that question of legacy, I always think about ancestors. So I think about the land that we're on right now, being indigenous native land, uh, a variety of Native Americans, but the particular, I'm in Philadelphia right now, so I'm on the Lenape um, land. Um, so I think about those who come before. I also think about ancestors in family lineages, right? So I think about my great grandmother. I think about my grandmother. I think about my mom. And I think about how I am the person who I am today very much so because of my great grandmother. My mom always talks about the impact that my great grandmother had on my mom. And I think about legacy. That's what legacy is. I think about legacy is so much more than like having your name on a building or like, you know, creating yeah. a club organization, which is super important, right? Like all of those things are really important, but I think our legacies live on through each other. And um, I think about that in like this current like space that I'm in in life, right? Thinking about like navigating college and school and, and how we carry those, those stories of our ancestors with us. Um, because that's what that motivation question comes about before, right? When you're asking about like what motivates you or what brings you joy, what's that? It, it's the story of my mom being passed down to me, right? It's, it's the story of like my mom then going to be passed down to future generations. The story of my great grandmother right. being passed down throughout that. And that's what that, that's what true legacy is. Um, I guess in a sense of like college, right? Like, you know, graduating from college, I mean, an immense blessing, right? Like that was something that um, growing up, my, my mom always instilled in me, my brother and sister, right? And that's, that's a, I'm incredibly thankful to be able to have and experience that and to give back to the Yukon community, whether that was with, you know, a, a group, a club, um, a leadership position. But I think about this quote that Tupac says, he's like, I write for I never die and live forever. And I think that's what true, true legacy is, right? Like, right. It's not, the memory, yeah. it's not about that. It's about like these memories. And I think about like some of the great memories I've had in college, right? Like it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like sitting down in the lecture hall, like taking notes. Like it was the memories and experiences that I had, like somewhere like a, a women's center or a Puerto Rican Latin American cultural center or a homecoming and things like that. And I know this response is situated in what, in a more in-person experience. And a lot of people are navigating the digital experience now, but there are still ways in which to create lasting memories that yeah. transcend legacies, even on a digital platform. And that is the sort of silver lining about this pandemic is because a lot of this stuff is becoming digital. And as much as I hate to say it, digital is kind of the way that people will remember. You'll have these recordings, we'll have these tapes, you'll have these songs for people to listen to in the future and kind of bring that memory back. Um, and talking about family and tradition, you are a, you guys are a Yukon family for sure. Um, what are some of your favorite Yukon traditions to celebrate together? And do you have any of your own that the two of you celebrate? Well, Justice will probably add on to this, but <laughs> a couple of the things that we do as a family is the football games. When, yes. Right. Football games. We used to do that a lot. And um, at the um, Latino night was something that Perlac used to put on. And that was something that we enjoyed to any. We used to enjoy attending those events as well. So those were two of the ones that stick to mind right now. Justice could probably add. I mean, yeah, just to build on that, I think about, you know, the importance of building community and the different ways that you can do that at UConn. And, and, and homecoming was one of that for us. Right. Like going going to the to the tailgates and a football game and sitting down in the cold and you get in a Yukon, you get in a Yukon blanket and we're like, yeah, let's go. Whether <laughs> we won or lost, you know what I mean? Like whether we won the game or lost the it game. Doesn't like, it doesn't matter. It wasn't about that. Like it was about like coming together with like the fam, catching up with people, checking in, the alumni coming back. Like, oh, how you doing family? Oh, how's that going? Oh, how are things since you graduate? Like that's really what it was about, right? And right. it really wasn't about 
you know, I mean, the football games are great. Like, I shout out to the UConn football team. I used to be the mascot back in the day, so go Huskies. But, uh, you know, I, it's really, it was really about the community that came from that, right? It was really about, like, kind of kicking it there in the freezing cold and catching up with, with uh, previous UConn alumni or, you yeah. know, it was Noche Latina, like, going in and seeing the beautiful um, representation of all people from across the state of Connecticut come together, right? And kick it in there and dance and live music and eat some blazing flan. Uh, and rice and sounds beans. amazing. <laughs> like, you know, like that's what it was about, right? And that yeah. was a time and a space for people to come together and, and, and vibe with that and experience that. Um, yeah, it's so- truly about the people. It's the people that make those traditions, right? Traditions aren't anything without the people to celebrate them with. Moving on to some more of our closing questions. So we have a signature question that we ask all our guests. So it's a uh, raw first at something, whether you're the first person in your family to go to college or something else, what do you, each of you feel like has, you have been the first at and how has that impacted your life? We've talked about how your life impacts others and how has it kind of shaped your experience, your story? Yeah, I think about like kind of following the the theme of this podcast, right? Like being the first um, in my immediate family, at least to graduate from college is something that, um, that I, that I hold near and dear to my heart, but it's, it's really not uh, like my accomplishment or my accolade. Like I said before, it's about the ancestors that came before. So I, like, it's really about like all the work that my, like all the wisdom and work that my mom poured into me, my brother and sister that we were able to do this, right? And when yeah. I think about, and all the wisdom that my great grandmother poured into my mom to that point to me and that her mother, you know what I mean? Like all of that, that it's about the ancestors that came before us. So when I think about um, how it's impacted my experience and life story, I mean, this this very nature and conversation, but also um, this experience um, of graduating from college is shifting family trajectories, right? Yeah. Like it's shifting the entire narrative. It's shifted yours, yeah. yeah it, 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 it's, it's creating new possibilities for not only our media family, but for, for, for our nucleus family and for, for, for all of our family members. Um, mm-hmm. And that's really what that means. It, it really means about like transforming generational legacies for like kids, kids and kids, kids, kids. And like what that means, like what's possible. Uh, right. It's a big snowball effect. Most certainly. Yeah. And what about you, Judy? What do you feel like you are the first at? So for me, I think I'm more like probably one of the first in my family to get married and stay married. Like I've been married for 30 years now. So Congratulations. I that, that has been a huge thing. Um, I think, uh, you know, I recall like my family, the whole marriage thing was not anything. It's like kids out of wedlock. Oh, well, no big deal. Single parents. Right. So that has impacted the upbringing of my family. Right. I had I've been with my husband. We raised our children and given them a very different lifestyle than I had. So the impact that that has had is the the outcome of my own children, right? The way things just came out for my family. So definitely being one of the ones to kind of not live up to the stereotypes within whatever form that is, right? Whether it's being a mom or not going to college or just being, you know, not working because people believe you shouldn't be, you know, you're a young Latina mother, then you got to be on welfare, right? I, those norms, those stereotypes were just not what I lived up to. So Yeah, and those are just limitations in the end that shouldn't be listened to. Um, we really talked about college a lot this episode and the importance of college and how, just as you were also always instilled, get education. 
What do you guys both think the purpose of college is besides getting a degree and getting a good job and all of that? What's the purpose of it? I think for me, like when I think about um, college having an opportunity, college being an opportunity for more opportunity. Yeah. Um, I think about it being a space and platform for, for equity and possibility. So when I think about ways in which people are able to transform generational legacies or have more access to opportunities, um, college is resorted to as that opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, both formally and informally. Um, but it's also a space to challenge yourself, to develop, to formulate your own ideas, to mm-hmm. grow into young adulthood, um, and to really start to grow into the person who you choose to become. Um, and I think that's a really important aspect there, kind of developing into a person who you're wanting to become and choosing to become as opposed to anybody else telling you who you should be. And I think that's really important for college students hearing that message now. But also, I won't lie. I mean, the, this motif that college is like the equalizer is starting to like dissolve a little bit too, right? College is so expensive. Yeah, and like not on a, everyone has the... Not everybody capacity. has the resources or capacity to be able to like pay for how expensive college is, right? So I think those are conversations on a national level that need to be had about how do we create more equitable access to people to be able to like take advantage of community colleges or state institutions and universities um, yeah. in, in every capacity and sense. Um, and so now is the time where we kind of turn the conversation around. And now that we have two guests, I guess you guys both get to ask me a question. Um, so whoever wants to start first. So I got, I got a couple and I, my mom, I don't know, mom, you want to go first or? <laughs> All right, cool. So first one, who's your favorite uh, NCAA UConn basketball player of all time? Then second, how'd you get involved in this project, right? So how, okay. did, how did this whole thing come about? How did you start like um, hosting this? Where did this whole entire concept even start from about like my first year story? But I'd love to start off on like, some, some UConn flow. So I know if you have a favorite UConn basketball yeah. player. <laughs> um, well, currently, I don't know if you've been following up, but Paige Buchers as a freshman, uh, Paige Becker, sorry. Um, and she's been killing the game. And I think, yeah, as a freshman, you got to represent. So she's one of my favorites right now. And this podcast came about, I got involved. Um, I joined the arts, fine arts learning community um, and was accepted into that and started getting LC newsletters. And I happened to read it in August and got an email about getting involved with a podcast. And all throughout high school, I was a performer. I sang, I acted, I danced, and I figured this was kind of a way to transition that passion into something that could reach more people in an age where performances and live performances weren't a thing. Um, So, and I think I actually missed the first informational meeting unintentionally. I missed up my dates. Um, But I sent in my audition tape. I got to campus and interviewed a girl on my floor and was picked and I, you know how they say the rest is history and now I'm here interviewing you guys. Um, so yeah, and I wouldn't have changed it. I wouldn't have had it any other way. I think it's truly a blessing to be involved in this project because I've gotten to hear so many different perspectives and so many, so much advice that I think a freshman wouldn't have gotten in, in other setting. No, that's super cool. Well, shout out to you for taking advantage of that and uh, getting involved. I think this project is so cool. Yeah. And Judy, your turn. Step up, step up to the plate. <laughs> my turn, my turn. Uh, well, seeing that this is your second semester, right, at UConn in uh, yeah. this COVID time, what have you been doing for self-care, right, as a first-year student there? 
Mm, yeah. So recently I watched a video. I was watching a video about self-care my friend sent and it was like, uh, self-care isn't just about like taking long baths or going to sleep early or doing a face mask. It's doing the hard things that you don't want to do to set your life up for easier success. One thing that I did first semester was like kind of budgeted out all my money. It was like, I spent a little bit too much this semester. Got to work on it for next semester. Um, and I think uh, recently I've been listening a lot more and I think the podcast has really helped. I'm a real extrovert and a talker. Um, and so I think that has helped me and that's been a little bit of self-care because I've gotten to hear others and kind of learn from them more instead of being the one to take charge. So yeah, I think that's my answer. Um, but uh, it was really amazing to talk to you both. This is my first two-person episode, so it was definitely a little bit different. Hopefully it wasn't too rocky, um, but thank you for coming on and thank you all to listening. As always, peace out, Huskies. My First Year Story podcast is a production of the University of Connecticut's undergraduate student body in collaboration with the Office of First Year Programs, Learning Communities, the Academic Achievement Center, and the Learning Community Innovation Zone. Our co-producers are Casey Jaycox and Hannah Peterson. Our staff advisors are Cody Ryan and Helena DeBald. For more information on our podcast, to meet our entire staff, and to listen to more episodes, visit fyp.uconn.edu backslash mfys. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at uconnfyp.